Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Each person in this group has had their own personal defining moment in their life when they came to that crisis point of seeing self as no longer good, but as a dirty, rotten sinner. And each person in that group, because of that, has cried out to the Lord Jesus Christ to save them from their sins and vowed, and is coming through on their vow to become an obedient follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And each one in that group was experienced the thrill of the relief of having the heavy weight of sin taken off of them, and they knew this joy of this inner cleansing from the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what happened for each one of those groups is that following this, each one of them fell in love with the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one who loved them so much and laid down his life for them. And each person in this group experienced what the hymn says when it says, all my life long I had panted for a draught from some cool spring that I hoped would quench the burning of the thirst I felt within. Hallelujah, I have found him whom my soul so long has craved. Jesus satisfies my longing through his life I now am saved. Each one in this group has, can stand up and say, I found a friend in Jesus. He's everything to me. He's the fairest of 10,000 to my soul. The lily of the valley, in him alone I see all I need to cleanse and make me whole. In sorrow, he's my comfort. In trouble, he's my stay. He tells me every care on him to roll. Hallelujah, he's a lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of 10,000 to my soul. Everyone in this group has experienced that. Everyone in this group is one of the ones who is described in Revelation 14.4, Revelation 14.4, these are they which follow the lamb whithersoever he goeth. These were redeemed from among men. Everyone in this group has built the house of his life on the solid rock of searching the scriptures for God's command so that they can obey them, not so they can study them, not so they can just know them, but so that they can obey them. You might think of everyone in this group, it would be very natural for everyone in this group to take their Bible and their pencil in hand and to say, which command has been given that I haven't obeyed yet, and set themselves to do that. That's with it, because everyone in this group has renounced their past life of Isaiah 53, 6, their past life of all we like sheep have gone astray, we've turned everyone to his own way. They renounce that, and instead, they now have the new life, which is described in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, which says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things, they're passed away. All things are become new, and all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself 
by Jesus Christ and given to us the ministry of reconciliation to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the ministry, the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be you reconciled to God. This is the new life, this is their new life, a new life of being an obedient ambassador for God, begging the lost to be reconciled to God. They've all become God's reconcilers. And their thoughts, their thoughts are now controlled and every one of their thoughts is put through this filter of does this thought please the Lord Jesus Christ? And so in order to do this, they're fighting with their thoughts, as a second, Second Corinthians ten five, Second Corinthians ten five, they are casting down imaginations and every high thought that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and they're bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So their thoughts are new because they're fighting. Their words are now filled with the Bible, as it says in Colossians three sixteen. Colossians three sixteen. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So their words are different, their thoughts are different, their acts are different, they're now kind, they're tenderhearted, they're forgiving. In Ephesians 4.32, Ephesians 4.32, it says, be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. But what characterizes their life of this first group of everyone in this first group, is that they are 100% dependent on the Lord. They've renounced all independence from God, and they see themselves as needing God for everything in life. They wake up in the morning and they say the words of Matthew 6.11, Matthew 6.11, give us this day our daily bread. Give me this day my daily bread. And throughout the day, they're constantly depending on God, as it says in Psalm 55.17, Psalm 55, 17, evening and morning and noon will I pray and cry aloud. And when they come to decisions in life, their first, is, first step is, wait, I have to ask God. I have to ask God. And all their needs in life, their first move is, Father, please. So this first group, with their dependence on God, God has one word for this first group, and it's the word ask. Ask, and it shall be given unto you. This first group, of obedient followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus says, just simply ask. Don't stop asking life. Continue asking. Beware of drifting away from asking. Keep asking in life. So this first group, God's word is saying to this first group when it says ask, continue asking, Revelation 2.25, Revelation 2.25, but that which you have already, hold fast. Don't let go of this asking, because God is giving a guiding work to group one here of ask. You must keep asking, and God promises to keep on giving, ask, and it shall be given to you. That's the first group. That's the group one, and that's the word for them, ask. Now we come to the second group, group two. This is the group where everyone in this group two started out as the ones in group one, as the first group. They were like group one, and each person in the second group, they did have their own personal defining moment when they came to that critical time when the stench of their sin was over the top for them. 
And like those in the first group, each person cried out to the Lord Jesus to save them from their sins, and they did feel that heavy load come off, and they did experience that same cleansing, and they did have that blessed assurance at that time where they could say, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. I'm an heir of salvation, a purchase of God. I've been born of his spirit. I've been washed in his blood. This is my story. This is my song. I'm praising my Savior all the day long. Just like the first group, the Lord Jesus was their first love. But then something happened. It wasn't the same for each person. Something happened. Some tragedy occurred and happened. And like I said, it wasn't the same tragedy for each person. And for some, it was the loss of friends. It was the loss of family. It was the loss of colleagues with their, oh, no. You're not religious, are you? Oh, I, you know, I'm not. I hate religions. Religions kill people. For this group, it was the Matthew 2.22. Matthew 2.22, you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. It was the six, Luke 6.22. Luke 6.22, men shall hate you, and when they shall separate you from their company and shall reproach you and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. For this subgroup, it was this terrible hatred that got to them. It was the persecution that they had because they identified with the Lord Jesus, and then they grew cold. They grew cold. They became distant to the Lord. They became like the turtle that retreated into his shell of self-defense. They became like Peter under this pressure in Matthew 26, 70, Matthew 26, 70, where it says about Peter, he denied before them all, saying, I know not that what thou sayest. And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto them, said unto them that were there, This fellow also is with Jesus of Nazareth. And he again denied with an oath, I do not know the man. After a while came unto him that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou art also one of them, thy speech bereath thee. Then he began to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. What really got to this group, say, aren't you one of those Jesus people? And they replied, oh, no, you must mean someone else, not me, no way. What turned them away from the Lord Jesus was the hatred of others that caused them to grow cold and distant. But not everyone in this group, too, turned away from God because of the hatred of others. For some, it was Mark 4.19, Mark 4.19, the cares of this world that choked the word. You know, they're the ones in this second group that were just consumed in life with the many things, of, like Martha where the Lord said in Luke 10.41, Luke 10.41, Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. For them, it was the Luke 12.17, Luke 12.17, it might have been Luke 12.17, where he thought within himself saying, what shall I do because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, this I'll do, I'll pull down my barns, build greater, there will I bestow all my goods and it was not that they were, it was not that, well, I'll do this and I'll still love God. It was a consuming to build these bigger barns. But for others, it wasn't that. For others, it was just the Luke 12, 29. Luke 12, 29, it was being consumed. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? The anxiety. It was the anxiety of, 
oh, the days before me, I have to make the breakfast, clean the house, make the lunches, drop the kids off, do the shopping, pick up the kids, take them to the sporting events, pick them up, make dinner, talk with everyone, and then I'm exhausted. And it was just all the events of life that just seemed much more important than God that filled their minds and caused them to say, everything else is so much more important than God, just like those in Luke 14, 18. Luke 14, 18, where it says, they all, with one consent, began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I bought a piece of land. I, I must needs go and see it. I pray they have me excuse. Another said, I bought five oaks, five yoke of oxen. I go to prove them. I pray they have me excuse. Another said, I married a wife. I can't come. So this is the group that's just filled with the cares of this life. And for others, it was none of that, but it was something else that the Bible calls in Mark 4.19, Mark 4.19, the deceitfulness of riches choked the word. It was the relentless call of money that's just around the corner that just can make me rich. What the Bible says in 1 Timothy 6.9, 1 Timothy 6.9, but they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition, for the love of money is the root of all evil, while some which coveted after, they have erred from the faith. They went away and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. You know, these are the get rich people. And then for others, none of that. It was just the Demas, it was the Demas group in 2 Timothy 4.10. 2 Timothy 4.10, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world and is departed. They're the Lot's wife group. They're the group of Lot's wife who turned back with this I love Sodom gaze in Genesis 19.26. Genesis 19.26, but his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. Their problem was the first John 2.15, 1 John 2.15, love the world. They loved the world. They loved this world. So everyone in this group, too, has left the Lord and come into this second group, really from different reasons, different reasons. But this second group of people are all in the same boat. They've come to this boat from different directions, but they've all gotten into the same boat. Some came from the direction of they folded under the pressure of the hatred of the world. Some came from the direction of they were consumed with the cares of this life. Some came from the direction of they were sacrificed everything to get rich. Some came from the direction of loving this world. But no matter which of these directions they came from, they all got in the same boat, and that boat sailed away from God. And this is the second group. They knew the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior as God. That was all just at the first, but something got in the way some persecution, some hardship, some concern, some desire to get rich, some love of the world. And this is the second group where their first love of the Lord Jesus Christ is just a memory. It's a memory as they think about how it all used to be when fellowship with other believers was so sweet. It's a memory of how reading the Bible was like feasting on my soul, feasting for my soul. It's a memory of how the time I spent in prayer was the best time of the day. It's a memory of how, yeah, I loved it at one point to teach Sunday school, talk to others about the beauty of the Lord Jesus Christ, but it's just a memory. It's just a memory because now there's just one word to describe everyone in this second group, and it's the word lost. 
They lost what they had. They lost the life in the Lord they once had. They lost the love of the Lord they once had. They lost the walk with God they once had. And though they had different pressures, they all lost their first love because of one word, one word in, in Revelation 2.4, Revelation 2.4, nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. They lost their first love because they left their first love. And they're in a state of loss. They lost what they once had. And there's one word for what they should do. It's a word in the Bible that what you do when you lose something, and the Lord Jesus spoke about his loss and what he was doing as a result of his loss when he said in Luke 19.10, Luke 19.10, the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. The Lord lost souls. He lost souls to sin, and he came to recover lost souls, and the word he used was seek. Seek, Luke 19.10. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. The Lord lost souls, and he said about what he was gonna do about it in Ezekiel 34.16, Ezekiel 34.16, I will seek that which was lost and will bring again that which was driven away. And this is what needs to be done for something that is lost. Seek. For the Lord, it was seek the lost soul. For the woman, in the parable, the woman, it was seek the lost coin. For the father, it was seek the prodigal son. And this is the one word that the Lord tells the second group, tells the people in the second group of people who lost their walk with God. He says, seek, recover your walk with God. To those in the second group who knew the Lord and then left the Lord, the Lord says, seek, go back, find what you lost. Seek to find your first love you lost, seek it. Seek to find your love of the Bible that you lost, seek it. Seek to find your love of prayer that you lost, seek it. Seek to find your walk with the Lord that you lost, seek it. Seek to find your previous devoted service that you had that you had with God, you lost it. Seek to find, re regain your ambassadorship that you lost, seek it. Seek to find your position as reconciler of the lost to God, seek it. Seek to find your dependence on God that you had when you were part of that first group that you lost, seek it. And then for the discouraged soul who says, I don't think I can get it back again. I can't get back my first love of the Lord Jesus. I've sinned too much to get it back. I'm too wrapped up in the cares of this life to get, get out. I'm trapped. I love money too much to return to the Lord Jesus. He, this idea of him feeling all my vision, I can't get it back. I love the world too much to regain what I lost in the Lord Jesus. All those objections, all those obstacles that someone would say in the second group who left it, the Lord Jesus has one simple word. It's our verse here, Matthew 7, 7. Seek and you'll find. No one cares more than the Lord Jesus about a person returning to the Lord Jesus who's left him than him. And he will help that person in the second group get back to where they belong because he said in Matthew 7, 7, seek and you shall find. He promises that they'll find 
He promised that in Isaiah 55, 7. Isaiah 55, 7. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thought and let him return unto the Lord. He will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. Now that brings us now to the third group, the third group of people. The third group of people never knew the Lord Jesus Christ. They were never saved. The third group of people, they never knew the release of the burden of their sin. They never knew the joy of being cleansed from their sin. They never have been in Christ. They never obeyed the Lord. They know nothing about the Bible. What is that? You know, they don't know anything about prayer, service to God. They're just lost, 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 that's all. They are and they always have been described as Ephesians 2.12, Ephesians 2.12. They are without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in this world. So for this third group, they say, I have no hope. I was not born into a believing family. I wasn't born a Christian. I wasn't born in a Christian family. I never went to church. I guess I'm just doomed to hell. And this is the third group, and all they see is a closed door to heaven. And all they see is a closed door to hope. And all they see is a congregation of believers, a church, and the door's closed, closed to them. And this is the third group, and God has one word of guidance to them, and it's the word knock. Knock, because the Lord gives a promise to all that are in this third group of never having, never having known the Lord and seeing a closed door in front of them, and he's saying to them in Matthew 7, 7, knock, it'll be open to you. Knock, it'll be open because he's inviting the lost to come. Isaiah 118, Isaiah 118 is his invitation when he says to the lost, come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as wool. Though they be like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. This is Isaiah. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Matthew eleven twenty eight. the Lord Jesus says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. One of the last verses of the Bible, Revelation twenty two seventeen. Revelation twenty two seventeen. is this grand invitation to the lost who never knew the Lord, the spirit, Revelation twenty two seventeen. the spirit and the bride say, come, and let him that heareth say, come, and let him that is a thirst, come, and whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. Come, come and do what? Come and knock. Come and knock, and it shall be opened unto you. That's his promise of John 6.37. John 6.37, him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you because he is rich in mercy. In Ephesians 2.4, Ephesians 2.4, God who is rich in mercy. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you because he's praying intercessory prayers for the lost to come to him. In Hebrews 7.25, Hebrews 7.25, wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Knock, and it shall be opened unto them, because he said he wouldn't despise a lost sinner who comes to him and Psalm 102.17, Psalm 102.17, he will regard the prayer of the destitute and not despise their prayer. Psalm 22.24, Psalm 22.24, after he has suffered on the cross in Psalm 22, 
one of his concluding statements is, Psalm twenty-two twenty-four: he hath not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, neither hath he hid his face from him, but when he cried unto him, he heard. So these are the three groups of people that everyone in the earth falls into. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. 